0: Hello and welcome to Ticket Boomers! My guest today is Beatrice Bruno. Beatrice is the drill sergeant of life and her mission is to empower you to be all you can be on the battlefield of life. You can be a commander in life. Beatrice is also the author of six books. In the current season, Beatrice has crossed over into an area few, if any, look forward to, widowhood. Married for 27-plus years to Sergeant First Class John P. Bruno, U.S. Army retired, who passed away August 2018. Beatrice has raised four children, his, hers, and theirs, to adulthood. She is now looking for her new normal, if there is such a thing, After losing her beloved husband, discovering what grief is all about and what it entails, Beatrice lets her audiences know you don't
1: have to transverse the path by yourself. Welcome, Beatrice. How are you today? I'm good, Terry. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you so much. You're
0: welcome. I'm happy to have you. We haven't heard a drill sergeant yet, so (laughs) it was a no-brainer. We had to do it. (laughs) So the drill sergeant is in the house. I had to say (laughs) that. I just had to say it. It was just too tempting. So there you go. The drill sergeant is in the house. So (laughs) let's start by telling my audience your story of why you decided to enlist in the Army and, and tell us how old you are when you did that and how you went on to become a drill sergeant.
1: Okay. Well, let me take you back to 1975. And I was I was one of the wild girls in high school. Okay. But like, I can't I can't put it any other way than that. Terry, I wouldn't
0: have guessed that.
1: I really wouldn't yeah. have guessed that. Well, <laughs> life has changed me a lot when I was one of the wild girls. And so um in nineteen seventy five, at the age of sixteen, I got pregnant. Oh. And at that point, yeah, at that point, my family, my entire family said I had ruined my life. I would never be anything in life. I was open uh, to that point. I wanted to be an attorney. Okay. Mm-hmm. I always watched Perry Mason and all of those different shows. And I wanted to be an attorney. But when I got pregnant and my family told me that I would never be anything in life. And I had ruined my life. Um, I said, well, that's it. That's it for me. And so I, um, I went that summer to New York to, ha- to get an abortion. And I was watching uh, Good Times. And J.D.J.'s best friend, uh, a little black female girl, a uh, black chick, she was getting ready to have her baby. And when I was sitting there watching the show and when she started having those uh, pains, mm-hmm. I, the baby jumped inside of me. And I said, wait a minute, this is a real person inside of me. And okay. so okay. needless to say, I could not have that abortion. I Thank just couldn't because. God, <laughs> the- God. you didn't Amen. do it. And so I I came back to South Carolina after spending the the summer in New York and my grandmother found out when I was uh, right in in October of 1975 and look, this is how they did it in the old days. She tried to beat that baby out of me. She really did. She did. She tore my tail up, you know, because that was just something that did not happen. Well, and later on, I found out that it did happen in our family. I was just the one that got caught, okay? (laughs) I'm just saying. And God, so um the break. No. <laughs> January 14, seventy six. Uh one week before I turned seventeen, I had my what I what they call my ruination. Okay, the one that ruined my life. I had her on January the 16, uh, Jan, January fourteenth, nineteen seventy six. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, that ruination is now forty seven years old. She also and say that she's an Air Force veteran and wow. uh, just a good kid good married has a wonderful family and uh, but later on in 1976 i was walking on main street in aiken south carolina downtown aiken south carolina and i came up to the recruiting stations the first one i came to was the navy and of course i looked at all the pictures and i saw all the water and you know all that i said well i can't swim so that's out I went. The next one was the Air Force, and I saw all these big airplanes and stuff. And I looked and I said, No, I'm not flying anywhere because when I went from South Carolina to New York every summer, it was on Greyhound bus. Okay. I was on a bus. (laughs) (laughs) So I did not fly. I said, Well, that's out. The next one was the Marines. And I looked at that, and all I could think of was Gorgor Kyle. Oh, God. (laughs) And Sergeant Cotter and how crazy he was. And all I could think, Terry, was Marines are crazy. I'll leave them alone. And so but I, I came to Marines. I think, oh, my God, you better be tougher. You can't make yeah. it. That's yeah, what I exactly. think. Of. Oh, my God. That's, yeah. so funny. Yeah. And that's that's all I could think was they were crazy. But yeah. the next station I went to was the Army recruiting station. And as I stood looking at this poster that said, beat all you can beat. Ah. I looked at that. And this tall white man came out. He was dressed in uh, his, um green uniform and stuff. And he said, yeah, lady, can I help you? And I said, yes, sir. I said, would the army take someone like me? And he said, what do you mean? He said, then what's wrong with you? I said, well, I'm black. I'm, I just had a child. You know, I ruined my life. Would the army want someone like me? And he said, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And so I went in and I talked to him and uh, I couldn't sign the paperwork by myself because I was only 17. And at, at that time, you right. had to be 18 years old. Right. And, and so I uh, went and told my grandmother, I said, I think I want to go in the army. And of course, she started saying all kinds of crazy stuff about women that go in the army. And I'm not even going to bore your. No, we
0: don't you. even want to hear because it's wrong. It's not. It's not true. It's what so they isn't. heard. That's all. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And
1: I mean, up until about 10, let me see, about 15 years ago, one of my aunts, my my um, dad's younger sister, she said to me, well, mama said that you were this, that, and the other when you went in the army. And that's what I've always held on to. And I said, wait a minute, I've been married three times and right. you need to tell me that's what you thought about me. What? You know, and. Do they hold
0: on to those things? They really do. That's. And for and for your mother to say you'll never be anything, that must have been like a dagger in your heart, like it a was. dagger in your heart. Yep, yep,
1: yeah, it was. And it took me a long time to get over that. Yeah, but a she long. didn't
0: mean it that that's the way she was brought up. So, she, you know, you have to take it like she she didn't really mean it. That's what she heard. That's what she was taught. And you have yeah. to get over it. But it is hard. It's like it really hurts.
1: It really it hurts. really is. And that's what caused me to go into the United States Army. And, you know, to be honest with you, Terry, that was one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Absolutely. Because the Army, the Army formed me into who I am today. Yes. The Army gave me discipline. It gave me, um, you know, it it made me want to do things. The the stick-to-itiveness. You know, all these different things, which I wasn't getting where I was growing up in South Carolina. No, no, no. You get so much. That's why, a lot. you
0: know, it used to be that everyone had to go for two years. And it really was good because you learned the discipline. Yes. There's so much that you do learn. And now it's all volunteer. And there's yes. so many guys and gals that could use that discipline that need it because yeah. none of them are learning it at home. They're not
1: no, they we really aren't. To, like
0: I learned it at home. I, yeah. I went to a Catholic school. I learned that discipline. I learned it at home. I was one of eleven kids. You better have yeah. some discipline at home, or it's going to be chaos. Nothing but chaos. So That's right. That's I did. Right. I did uh, learn it. But today's kids don't. They're coddled. They're told they're wonderful, and they can do no wrong. And they're just—they're taught so many things that make it hard on them in life later. And so they yeah. really could
1: use being in the service for two years. Any of them, you know, okay. army, navy, any of them. Would teach absolutely, but uh, you know, and I, I feel bad about these kids nowadays because if you look at one of these kids nowadays and say, Didn't I tell you that? Why are you yelling at me? I don't know. <laughs> Excuse me, come on, how many times, Terry, did your mama or your daddy did not tell you to do such and such and that and stuff? You know, and you said, Oh, okay, mama, okay, daddy, and you were to then yep, that nowadays,
0: yelled at, we got paddled on the behind if we did something wrong. Not just, know, that my okay. father had a cat night tail. I didn't get it yes. too often, thank God, because, you know, I behaved most of the time. But uh-huh. my brothers were always misbehaving. So they were always getting it on their butt. Yeah, it does teach you discipline yes, and right from wrong. And you need to listen yes. to your parents. And today's Absolutely. kids just get away with not listening, doing whatever they want. It's a shame. It really is. And that's not all of them, but it's a lot of them. So yes. it really is reshaping our society,
1: yes. and that's not good. It is, and that's going into the military as well. I've met some of the new soldiers that are in the military right now, and they are just totally different than what totally I Yeah, you know, um, when I went through, you said when you uh, when you approached an officer, you saluted and you said, "Yes, sir. Yes, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, yes. sir." You yep. know, and nowadays it's is totally different. It really is. But yeah. I, I went in the military. Um, I went to basic training March the 9th, 1977, got my first taste of drill sergeants and they tore my tail up. And I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> it's tough. If you can get through that, it is, t- yeah. I've never
0: done it, but I've heard it is really tough.
1: It is really tough. Yeah. But then 10 years later, um, I was stationed over in Germany with the army band and chorus as a singer. And my company commander called me into his office one day. He said, I need to talk with you. And I went in and asked said, yes, sir. And he said, I've nominated you for Drill Sergeant Dupity. I looked at him. I said, sir, have you lost your mind? I thought you loved me, sir. Uh, why would you do that? He said, you will make a fine drill sergeant. I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. And he, then he I it in you. He knew it. He <laughs> did. He did. He really did. And to be honest with you, that was probably one of the best assignments that I had was as a a drill sergeant. I went to um, Drill Sergeant Academy at Fort Dixon, New Jersey in October of 1987 Mm -hmm. and graduated December of 1987 and went on the trail, as we call it, as drill sergeants on January the 1st, 1988 and served for two years as a drill sergeant. And it was it was very rewarding because we took these kids from fort living room and we turned them into soldiers yep we turned yep. some of those soldiers you saw them in afghanistan you saw them in all those different places i have one soldier that's still in right now he's been in uh, almost that, 30 something years he's a command sergeant major and uh and it's just it's it was very rewarding and i wouldn't change anything about having served as a drill sergeant
0: that's good that's good yeah, it does. I mean, it it teaches you things for your whole life and that yeah. you can pass on to other people. And now yeah. you're actually um, I want to I want to uh, talk a little bit about your analogies, which I just love about real life. You use soldier and war analogies that I think are just wonderful. So uh, because a lot of us feel like we're fighting a war. Yeah. So the terminology you use is what you learned in the service. But it, it's just so pertinent to today's society because all of us feel like we're going through a war we do so talk about um let's talk about one of your books get over yourself get out of your way own way and get what you want out of out of life so tell us what our audience can learn from a book like that
1: well in that particular book when i got out in 1992 i was very quickly told by um people who had never served civilians that I was not in the army anymore. I wasn't a sergeant, and I needed to be just like everybody else. And it, what what that did was, and I know everybody's heard the term "always the bridesmaid and never the bride." Mm-hmm, yeah, I became the bridesmaid. Oh, and yeah, yeah. No. And it was it was a shock to the system. Right. And so, in how to get over yourself, get out of your own way, and get what you want out of life, I talk about the bridesmaid syndrome, in mm-hmm. which. We just go along with everybody else and do what everybody else is doing and we never get to stand on the top of the wedding cake of life. Right. But you know what, Terry? We were all created to be on the, the top of the wedding cake of life. And because of the battlefield that we're on, right. you know, oftentimes we get shell shocked and we get to a place in which we can't even climb it to the top because we're afraid that if we do, somebody may not like us. Or we may not be doing what everybody else wants us to do or what everybody else is doing. But now, you know what? If you're a soldier in the army of life and you want to be a commander, you've got to rise up to the top and then cause other people to follow you. But if you're not, if you can't lead, how do you expect people to follow you? If you're always the bridesmaid and never the bride. How can right. you expect people to come behind you and say, "Okay, I'm I'm helping you fight this battle. We're gonna go forth and and do what?" No, you know what? We have to get to the point to which we're saying to ourselves, "I'm a commander in the army of light, doggone it, and I'm not gonna follow everybody else. I'm gonna do what I know is right to do." Yeah. And that's what we have to do because in order for us to get the to get our get out of ourselves and to get what we want out of life, we've got to fight sometimes like never before because it is a battle out there it It is a battle you're right
0: absolutely and so many people just give up they think i can't win so they give up but you can win you just have to keep trying yeah you know you just can't give up if you give up of course you're not going to win and most people do they just give up
1: yes Yes. And I, those
0: naysayers, you can't do it. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough or whatever. They listen to naysayers and it's never good when you do that.
1: No, it's not. And you know, those voices last for a very long time in Thank your you. heart and in your mind. Without, I was a child growing up in South Carolina, and this is in my community, I was always told from a very early age that I was too black to be pretty. I was too black to be played with. I was too black to be anything in life. Yeah, that was in my community. And your own black people told you that? Yes. This is what I don't
0: understand. I can yes. see white people saying that. When your uh, own black people said that
1: to you, that's horrible. Horrible. I never never had a white person say that to me. Yeah, never. No, I would say never. that. But yeah. And see, I think this is why the black
0: culture is having such a hard time sometimes. Because yes. their own people are tearing them down. What yes. is it's I don't, I don't get it. Yes.
1: Yes. yes. And that's, and you know, and, and I'm glad you're saying that because, and you're seeing it from the outside looking in. Yep. Okay. Well, yep. yes, we face that all the time. Um, yeah. Back in the day, okay, back in the sixties and the fifties, there was such a thing called the paper bag test. The, and when you saw a paper bag and remember the color of the paper bag. Right. right. If your skin was darker than that paper bag, you didn't get in. Oh, you were too dark to go in. Yes.
0: Well, I know there is a lot of this light and dark, which is horrible because my brother has a um, a daughter with a black woman. So she, of course, is very light, but her sister is very dark uh-huh. and, and she is gorgeous. So she does get a lot more advantages than her older sister. It is true just because her skin is lighter and she's gorgeous. Um, so, so, I, but I didn't know the black people were doing the same thing. I can see white people doing that, but I didn't know the black people did it too. That's true.
1: Oh yeah. oh yeah. And so, you know, and, and the reason I, I bring that up is because of the voices, because those voices that I heard when I was four, five, and six years old, they stayed in my mind. And when I was 30, I think I was 32 years old and my husband, um, I had gotten out of the army. My husband was stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I was at a mall in Clarksville, Tennessee. And I'm walking in the mall and I passed by this um this little store. And a beautiful black woman was running this store. And I just I looked at her, I said, Oh my gosh, she's she's so gorgeous. And I, I, you know, I talked to the Lord a lot and he urged me. He said, Go back and tell her that. And I went back and I absolutely. said, Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I said, ma'am, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to hit on you or anything like that. I said, but you are absolutely gorgeous. Terry, this woman looked at me and she said, so are you. And I stepped back and I said, no, I'm not. And she said, yeah, what did you, did you say? I said, know. no, I'm not. I said, I'm too black to be pretty. And she looked at me and she said, who told you that lie?
0: Yes. Who? Who told Her you own that family. Lie? That's the sad part. Your own family told you yes. that. And yes. that makes it so hard to get it out of your system, out of your mind because it was your own family who told you that. It's funny because I forget where I was a couple weeks ago. Uh, Oh, I know, I was dropping off a package that had to go back to UPS. And it was a black woman behind the counter and she smiled and I was going to leave. And then I turned around and I said, you have the most beautiful smile. I just felt like I had to tell her and she turned around and go, oh, thank you. And she did, she had the most beautiful smile. People need to hear these compliments. They yes. really do. You need to just say it. And I almost went out without saying it. And something told me, turn around and tell her she has a beautiful smile because she really yes. did. And she yes. did a great job behind the counter. She's looked like a wonderful worker.
1: People need to hear that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and that's something that, okay, like we've been talking about, we're in the army of life and we're on yes. a battlefield. Yeah. Okay. And it's hard enough for us to believe in ourselves sometimes. But yes. when those other voices come and they tell us, they pull us down. And they they talk all this crazy stuff about us. And, yes. and it keeps us from believing that we can do more than we can. Right. You know, so it's good for you. And I, I do the same thing. If I'm walking in the store, um, I remember not too long ago, this lady had this outfit on. White chick. And she had this outfit on. I said, girl, you are wearing that thing. And she looked at me. She said, oh, thank you so much. And I said, well, girl, God bless you. It went on. But she just
0: smiled. She needed to hear that. It made her day. It made yes. her day. And yes. I was shopping for shoes one day, too. This was a couple months ago. And this woman was trying on a pair of sandals. And I said, oh, those sandals look great. You got to get them. They look really. Oh, are you sure? I go, oh, no, they're great. Well, let me show you the dress I need them for. I go, oh, they were we go. With That dress. And then she's telling me the whole story. Her son won something and he's taking her on a trip to the Bahamas and she's going to wear the dress and the shoes to the dinner. And I go, believe me, these shoes will be a not the sandals will be a knockout. You got to buy them. I said, I can't wear them. My ankles are too fat, but you can. They look great. She bought them and I, it made her day. We need That's... to interact with people. We're social beings. We to need be to awesome. hear that.
1: Yes, we are. There was another
0: thing. What was the other one? It it went out of my mind, but it'll pop back in. It was another where I made a remark to someone and they beamed and, you know, people need to hear that. I don't just, if it's in your mind, just say it. Just say it. If it's positive, keep the negative things to yourself. But if it's positive, share it because we don't compliment people enough. And, you know, we have to.
1: We do. And, you know, as soldiers in the Army of Light, You know, one thing I learned while being a soldier was that we were all in it together. Yes. That means that no matter where I go, wherever I saw a uniform, I know that 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 was one of my brothers or one of my sisters. Yep. Okay. You know, we would be stationed over in Germany. We found family immediately. We came back to the States. We found family immediately. Yes. So in the Army of Life, guess what? We're all soldiers in the Army of Life. They're all at and any of us. No. Okay. And see, that's why with the racial stuff that's going on, I get so sick of that mess. I really do because I'm like this, Terry. We're It's 2023 and we're still going through all that? Yeah. No, it makes no sense. It makes no sense.
0: No. no. I no. think there's people that want to divide us so yeah. they keep it up. So it's yeah. up to us not to let them. Don't that's let right. them do it. Cut yes, that so. off. Turn off the TV. Don't listen to that nonsense because yeah. it's not true. Most uh-huh. of us get along just fine. It's just that other people are trying to tell us that we don't. And, yeah. and it's funny because all of a lot of the black anchors and the people that have really good jobs, they're the ones saying that there's a problem today. Racism is everywhere. And I'm like, well, you got a really good job and I don't see you helping other black people step up. Why aren't you reaching your hand out and helping? I mean, you could, it. they're the ones that never are doing it. It's people like you that are, but not the top echelon. Oh. They're like, oh, I got here. I'm not helping you, which is crazy. Okay. It's
1: my opinion. What, what, what? You're what going is? into an area that girl, people going to be mad at you. I am not <laughs> uh, Let them be mad at me. That's, that's what I'm saying. You're telling the truth. I'm because I've met that opposition so many times in the army. I met that same opposition yep. because for some reason we didn't want to see each other to make it, you know, to go up. Well, we, and the we, other thing
0: is women know. do that to each other, too. You women know. don't want to help other women. So you've got your black and a woman, but I've yes. had that resistance as a woman. Another yes. woman will not reach out hand to help me. No. They'll hurt me. In fact, they'll do whatever yes. they can. to. So, yeah. But you've got the double whammy, unfortunately. But
1: yeah. yeah, and so you know, it goes back to how to get over for yourself, yes, out of your own way, so you can right. get what you want out of life. Sometimes right. we have to be the peacemakers. We have yes. to bring people together, regardless of whether they want to come together or not. And let's right. say, you know what, we're all soldiers in the army of life. Yes, stop all that mess that you're doing right there. Okay, and let's and bring this city. Just because you yourself. make it doesn't mean I can't. We all That's have right. a different mission in life.
0: We yes. all have a different passion that we're here to fulfill. So mm-hmm. just because they're succeeding, that doesn't mean that I can't. So right. and by helping the next one, even if they get over me, it uh-huh. still doesn't hurt me. I'm still yes. where I am and I'm happy where I am. So we have to get over all of that. Let's all be helping each other. Let's Absolutely. Just help each other.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. good.
0: that seems to be your message
1: which i love i think it's great well you know what we all have to live on this earth together yeah we all know that that there's things that's going on around us that we can't see that might haul us to be up in arms against each other well guess what well we in our spirit will come together with each other. See, see, I would have no problem going to to dinner with you and sitting down having a talk with you, girl. We could go on the cruise I together. Would have a ball, and we could. We it. would have a ball. Yep, we really would. You know, but other people need to see that. Yeah. And I'm one of those type of people that brings people together. My but, husband, uh, while we were married, he was white. When he died, he was white. So you know, it was really no big thing, right? You know, and I, we taught our kids that there was no difference. There is In no, colors. Colors. There, is okay. no nope. there is no, difference. no, there is no difference. No, we got to get past that. And so as the drill sergeant of life, my thing is to bring people together and bring them to their best version of themselves yes. so that they can be everything that God has created them to be on this earth. Because you know what? When we all stand before him, he's going right. to look at us and say, why didn't you do what I asked you to do? Right. Okay. Right. Why did you keep up so much turmoil? between you and other people and stuff. And then we're going to be like, well, um, I thought that's what I was supposed to do. No, you didn't think that was what you were supposed to do. Right, right. I'm just saying. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, I'm one of those. I will get in people's faces and say, why are you even doing that? Yep. Why can't you do what you know you were created to do? Yes. See, that's why I am the drill sergeant of life. And I ha- I help people to keep it real. Let's yes. just keep it. And do what we're supposed to do and live the way we're supposed to live so that we can be united. Because as far as I'm concerned, this what we call the United States of America, we have never been united.
0: No, no. Uh, But but again, there's the powers above us that don't want us to be because they can't make their money and do what they want to do if we're united. That's So they keep pulling us apart. I mean, I'm right outside of Philadelphia and the city keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And we throw money and money in, and money in. But I'm telling you, the politicians want it to stay that way because they could change it anytime they want it. They want everybody fighting and killing one another. And it's sad. It's very sad, but it could be changed. It's been 50 years, the same politicians, and nothing has changed. Nothing. It keeps getting worse. So if they wanted to do it, they could, they choose not to. For whatever reason, they choose not to. And it's sad. It's that the youth of today is just having such a hard time and not, we're not doing right by them. We're really not. So, no, we're
1: not. yeah. So it's a people like us that recognize this stuff. Right. And come back to the fact that this is the army of life. This is a battlefield. This is a, yep. yes. this is a fight. Yep. This is a fight. I agree. The fight is not given to those that can run fast and, and those that have all the money. The fight is given to us re- regular people. Right. We're not right. the people. And it's up to us. And that's why I keep telling folks, the only reason we're not united in the United States of America is because we have forgotten that the, this country was created of the people, by the people, for the people. And guess what? We're the people. Yes. We're all the people. Yeah. We're yeah. the people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, so. <laughs> totally agree. Totally oh, my agree. goodness. This is just... Yeah. That's, that's, that's what's in my heart, Terry. And I, I, I just... I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm very transparent and very authentic. And I'm just looking around this world and being the drill sergeant of life. I'm looking at people. People ask me, you know, do you want to coach people? No, not really. And when I do, it's going to be for a lot of money. Okay. Because people are hard headed. They really don't want. Okay, I I'll put it to you like this. I was in um, I was at the Air Force base selling my books. And I had my book, How to Get Over Yourself, Get Out of Your Own Way, Get What You Want Out of Life, on the table. This right. chick walked up to the table, and she looked at the book. She read the title. She said, oh, I'm already over myself. And I, I turned around. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Bob, oh, no, you're not. See, and w- when people are confronted right. with the fact that right. they're not over themselves, right? they're not getting out of their own ways. They really don't want to hear that because to be perfectly honest with you, being the bridesmaid and never the bride is really quite comfortable. It is. Yeah, it it is. We don't have to do anything. We could just be the bridesmaid all over again or be the groomsman all over again. Yep. But when you say, I want to get out of this, this thing that I'm in right now, and I want to be more than the bridesmaid. I want to be the doggone bride. I want to be the doggone groom. Right. to make you uncomfortable and you know what we need to be more uncomfortable than we've ever been before because the only way we're going to get to excellence is when we become uncomfortable
0: i agree and another little story on my side my brother's girl who uh just graduated from college got a degree in sports psychology i think it was and my daughter got her an interview with um, if she had, she, it would have been a walk-in. She would have gotten the job. My my daughter was giving her the introduction. If she had applied for the job, it was hers, and she didn't apply. I think she thought she couldn't handle it. She Aww. wasn't good enough. And this girl is, she is very smart, smart. But I think she thought she couldn't handle it and didn't even apply. That was her job. So what is she doing? She's managing a burger joint with a college degree, managing a burger when she could have walked into this job and gone up the ranks in nothing flat. She would have rose right up and she didn't do it. So we're all shaking our head and we're like, what is this? Well, so it's but I'm sure that's what it was. She yeah. just felt like I don't have the qualifications. I can't do it have the qualifications for our first job you get in there and you learn and you work hard and you're fine you don't need to know everything when you come in i was talking uh, we were all sitting around at a family picnic on saturday all of us graduate from college and none of us know anything you get that first job and you learn on the job i don't care what you're studying most of the things you're going to learn on the job later on you need that background it helps but it's more the discipline of getting the education mm-hmm. than the education itself. Mm-hmm. So you've got the discipline now. You go out and you get that job and you work hard and you earn it. But mm-hmm. you just take the job and you grow into it. Nobody knows what they're doing for their first job after college. I don't care. Well, I started out as a hairdresser. I graduated from hairdressing school. think when I started, you yeah. learn on the job and that goes... Yeah any kind of a job plumbing welder you know college degree whatever it's that first job you're not going to know it's uncomfortable like you said it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but if you don't take those steps and be uncomfortable you're never going to get where you want to go
1: that's right that's right and so it is a battlefield out here it really is and you know but you have to be able to yourself talk You've got to change your self-talk. You've got to stop talking down to yourself and say, well, I've never had, our family has never had anything, so right. I guess I won't either. You know, you've got to stop all that and yes. you've got to become uncomfortable and say, you know what? Mama and daddy never had it, but I can't. Uncle brother never had it, but I can't. Yes. Okay. And then push yourself forward so that you can get the things that you desire to have in life. Right. And that way, the people that's coming behind you, they're looking at you like, oh, if she did it, maybe I can do it, too. Yeah. That's what it's You know, and that's 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 why what our purpose is here. We're yes. examples. Right. For other people to follow. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: It's all there. You just all of us. I don't care what background you have. We got to get rid of what we learned as a child, we have to get rid of all those, you know, like money doesn't grow on trees. I heard that over and over as a kid, money doesn't grow on trees. Oh, I know it doesn't, but you know, I can earn it. I can learn to earn a lot of money if I want. But you know, all those things that you heard as a kid, you've got to just throw them off, get them out of your mind. And it it, it takes time to do that. And it takes positive talk to yourself, positive affirmations to learn to get rid of it. But it can be done, right?
1: It can be done. Um, I, One of the main things that I had, had in my head from childhood, and I didn't realize this until one night the Lord gave me a dream. And in the dream, it was me, my pastor, and several other people, and my grandmother. And I was talking to the pastor, and he was saying, we all have favor. My grandmother walked up to him and said, no, we don't have favor. Colored people don't have favor. And that was something that had been bored into my mind. Right. And I didn't even realize it, Terry. Yep. Okay. Yep. Because we growing up in the South in the 60s, colored people, black people did not have favor at yes. all. Yeah. Okay. And I had to, when I woke up from that dream, I was very pensive. I was like, what? And I had to think about it. I said, wow, that's the mindset that I've had myself. Yes, All these years that we don't get favor, I had to break that mold yep. and see and start. I, I was reading the Bible. I was tearing that Bible up because I'm like, "Well, wait a minute. If they can have favor, why can't I have favor?" And right. that was something that was a a a, a voice, a a path. That
0: was voice. a message from God telling you you've oh. got to change that thought, get it out that's of your. Right. Head. And that's how right. cool is that? You had a dream about it. I mean, yep. that's a definite message, yep. right from God. So. Yep. That's amazing. So that's we don't get you them, the but a lot of us of ignore them, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. A lot we of do. us don't pay any attention. So oh, that was that. just a dream, right? Uh-uh. Look, no, no, that, that was, was
1: a, direct, with a message. That was a message, a direct yes. message. Oh, my yeah. God. And so that's why you see the drill sergeant of life, because once I got that training in the Army as a drill sergeant, God had me to bring that out to the civilian world because yes. it's a lot of undisciplined people that really want something in life and they can't get it because right. they don't want to endure hardness Yeah. But so they can get to the places that they want to be. Exactly. That's how I'm concerned of life because yeah. I'm not going to bite my tongue. I'm going to tell people look, if you want to be something in life, you have got to stop being the bridesmaid or the groomsman. You've got right yeah. to step on top of the wedding cake of life. Absolutely. You've got to work for it. I think they think it just
0: comes to people that uh, they just get these promotions without doing any work. I'm sure that happens once in a while because of the person's lineage or their name or whatever. But most of the time that person has worked for it very hard. So and if you want it, you can get it. But you do have to work for it. And you have to give up some pleasures of today to get that down the road. You can't be out going to the movies and not studying, not working hard, you know, just out having fun. Then you're not going right. to get it. You've got to give right. up some things to get that.
1: That's right. That's very true. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with hard work because I, there are very few overnight successes.
0: Very few. Very They'll few. tell you. Yeah. They'll say, oh, overnight success. They forgot. I've been working at it for 15, 20 years. And yeah. I'm just now really successful.
1: Come on. See See, so we have got to we've got to shift our own paradigms. Yes. We've got to stop believing those negative voices. Yep. And we really got to take charge of our lives and yep. just push ourselves forward to where we really want to be.
0: Absolutely. So yep. I'm so happy. So how do you do that? Do you do it mostly through books or are you I know you're also a speaker, so you go to big groups, I guess, and speak and you yes, can I help do. a lot of people that way.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And you know, um i do take on um coaching clients and stuff i don't particularly care for it because like i said people are hard-headed okay Okay. Um, and they want to do stuff their own way and i simply do not have time for it but if you want to pay me to be your coach then you're gonna get the drill sergeant of life yeah okay i'm gonna i'm gonna perform and we're gonna get something but yeah i do it mostly through my books because my books are very comprehensive Um, They give a lot of instructions. And if the person really reads the book and does everything that it says in the book, they Mm -hmm. won't get somewhere. They really will. You know, and so um, I I have other books on how to get over yourself and let go of the past because, you know, we tend to live in the past. Yeah. Because the past is comfortable. Yeah. You know, and I use past as an acronym for people, places, possibilities and situations that should be terminated. And how often do we just keep stuff going and say, yeah. oh, no, well, you know, Uncle Bud and Aunt Esther, uh, they did it like that. And so I've got to do it like that, too. No, you don't. No, no. You mm-hmm. can let that stuff go. Right. You don't have to keep holding on to what they were doing. Uncle Bud and Aunt Esther weren't successful. Don't <laughs> you want to be successful? Well, yes, I do. But that's how they did it. Okay, well, you need to, to stop talking like that. Yeah. And just let that stuff go
0: imitate successful people not unsuccessful people exactly. but it is hard and a lot of people have grudges against their parents they didn't do this for me they didn't do that for me blah 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 they did their best they are working on how what they learned from their parents so yes. you need to let go of that and just move on yes. and make your life better cuz you can it doesn't matter what they did or what they that's- said or whatever move
1: past that and make your life your own life absolutely absolutely and that's you know, that's that's what I do. I help people to uh, to see the best version of themselves. Right. Because like I said, somebody is watching and somebody wants to be better than they've ever been before. Mm-hmm. And if we can do that, if we can just help each other to yeah. be better, how much yeah. better will our world be?
0: A lot better. A lot better. Oh, my gosh. So touch base a little bit. You wrote a book on grief. And I know you lost your husband in 2018. So tell us a little bit about the book and how that helped you with your grieving process.
1: Well, when he passed in August of 2018, I didn't know that I was still grieving my grandfather who passed in 1973 when I was 13 years old. Yeah. And the reason I was still grieving him was because at that time, and even now, we really don't talk about death had grief and stuff like that. <laughs> and when my grandmother, when she came home from the hospital, I'll never forget this. Um, I said, "Oh, where's Daddy at?" Because I, well, and that's another story. I didn't know that they were my grandparents until I was 15 years old. Oh, I okay. thought he were my, I thought they were my parents. Uh-huh. I really did. And uh-huh. so when she came home, I said, "Well, where's Daddy?" And she said, "He's gone." And I said, "Where's he gone to?" Because I'm thinking he, you know, got in his car and he drove, you know, right. And I said, "Where's he gone to?" She said. Your daddy did. And that's it. And just get over it. That's that's how and we- just guess. get over it? Just get over it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my that's, gosh. That's- Yeah, we did not do grief counseling or wow. anything like that. And so when he And died, how old were you again? How old were you? I was 13.
0: Oh, my God. Way too young. You're going to grieve. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. And you thought it was your father, not your grandfather.
1: Exactly. And uh-huh. he was my heart. He was my heart. He taught me to drive when I was nine years old. I went (laughs) everywhere with him, you know, and he was my heart. And when he passed, you know, and I wasn't able to go into the hospital room. Yeah. Because, you know, back then, kids couldn't go into the hospital. Oh, they couldn't. They could. No. And so I never got a chance to tell him goodbye. I really did not. And so um, when my husband passed in 2018, I discovered that I was still grieving daddy. Yeah. No, I can believe it, it was yeah. just, yeah. It it just it hit me so hard. Mm-hmm. And then not only that though, at the beginning of 2018, there was a death every month, all the way up until his death. Um, and it was to the point. The first one was on January 27, 2018. My high school basketball coach and I was tight with her. She was uh, my gosh, She was one of my supporters. She was just. She was the first person in South Carolina that ever said to me I'm so proud of you oh my okay gosh. the first oh, and only the first, first. That ever said yes oh that's the horrible Horrible. Yes. and I mean she said that to me um I went to see her and in 2015 I wanted to see my basketball coach and I went to her house we even played some basketball and she was older much older and um she sat me down in her living room and she said I just want you to know how proud I am of you because you left here and you did something with your life. So she passed January and February. My um, 30-year-old goddaughter, who was nine months pregnant, she died from a um, an asthma attack. Oh, my goodness. They took the baby. And four hours later, the baby was gone. In mm-hmm. March, a high school um, classmate passed. In April, somebody else, May, June, July all the way down to August, so that by the time Terry, my husband, passed in August, I was like, okay. You were numb. You were just numb. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so, when he passed, you know, I operated because when somebody that close passes to you, uh, somebody that close passes in your life, we become numb to the point where we're just doing stuff Mm -hmm. by rote. Yep. Okay, we're just, I I preached to his homegoing service you know, because I had to be there for my kids, Right. you know, because my kids were grieving that I had to, I preached the home-going service. I oh. kept everything going. I cleaned the house out, I all these different things. And uh, I didn't start grieving my husband probably for about a year. It took me a year just to get to that place. And I so um, I, I released this book, and this is what the book looks like. This just a little bitty book. It's about, right. I guess, yeah, it's only six pages, uh-huh. you know, but in this book, I help people to traverse that Greek path because I learned a lot of things when my husband passed. I learned that people say the stupidest things.
0: They, do. they, say they don't like know that?
1: what to say. They do. They say, I've probably been guilty of saying stupid things too. <laughs> well, this one lady called me and she said to me, she said, I'm very upset with you. And I said, and this was like three days after my husband passed. And she said, I'm very upset with you. I said, why are you upset with me? And she said, well, you didn't call me personally to tell me, and she called him Pops. You didn't call me personally to tell me Pops was gone. Wait, his death meant more to me than it than it meant to you. And, of course, I'm a smart aleck. I really am. And so I'm with the phone, I'm like, also, oh, what you're telling me then is that you've been sleeping with my husband for the past 27 years, four months, 10 days, and nine hours. And she said, no, no, that's not what I said. I said, that's exactly what you said.
0: than than Mickey. I mean, that's ridiculous. That I would never have said
1: that. That is a stupid thing to say. Exactly. And at that point, I learned about the spirit of slap. The Uh spirit of slap came across my right hand and I wanted to reach through that phone and just slap for one good time. And I talk about that in this book because we need to give ourselves permission to greet. Yeah. We need to give ourselves permission to Look at the phone when somebody is called to say, to give their condolences. To look at the phone and say, "No, I don't want to talk to that person right now." Right. You know, and just, we need to give ourselves permission, and that's what Chronicles of Grief is about: giving yourself permission to grieve the way that you need to grieve.
0: And I, I am- want to add that the book is only eight dollars, less than a movie Amen. ticket. So Amen. if you're grieving, you need to just get it. It yes. will be very, very helpful. Because grieving, nobody teaches us how to grieve. And and people, like you say, say stupid things that make you feel worse. So we all need help with grieving.
1: Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And, you know, I I want people to have a healthy relationship with grief. Yeah. Okay. A healthy relationship. Because at some point, because the Bible even says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Well, your morning, M-O-R-N-I-N-G, Season may be tempered by how long you mourn. M O U R N. Ah, uh-huh. okay. And see when that mourning M O U R N I N G season kind of dissipates, then you're able to to get into that joy area in your life. Because it's it's been it'll be five years on on in August of this year, and there are moments on Father's Day I was driving to church. And I passed by this this white guy. He was in his yard. He had shorts on, had his boolean hair on. And all I could think of was my husband cutting the grass on a Sunday morning, just like that. Yep. yep. It just, you know, I was like, wow, I really miss my husband. That was just this past Father's Day. Yeah. Now I yeah. I can see that. My sister's husband has been dead
0: like six years and mm-hmm. she's just able to deal with it now. It's yes very difficult and a lot of the family members are saying just get over it just get over it you know it's like what do you mean just get it's been a year it's been two years whatever just get over it and but she didn't get any help with the grieving and she really needed it it was very difficult he died very suddenly in an airplane crash so it was difficult so yeah um yeah but that's what people say just get over it
1: exactly and you don't just get over it you can walk past you can you can walk past it, you know you can just keep on that walking and, and go go through it, I should say, right, you know, but you're not gonna get over it because my husband and I loved each other, right you know we we loved each other, we had good times together, we were best friends, yeah, you know, and so he's gone, and I'm still here, and you telling me to get over it, yeah, you now, you, no. please try to tell my children to get over it, To get over their daddy, being yeah. gone. Yeah, I know. Well, oh, yeah. you know, so, but yeah, that's, uh, Chronicles of Gritty, I tell you what, uh, many people have given me many comments about it because they're able to walk that grief path, you yeah. know, as they have been getting counseling and all that good stuff. And it's just something to help you to think through right the process of grief. That's what it is.
0: And the yeah. book is something you could give to someone as a gift that you know is grieving and having all Yes, just absolutely. give them the book, say, you know, I I heard uh, this woman talk about this book and I thought maybe it could help you. So here it is. And just give it as a gift. Absolutely. So tell my audience where they can find you, and where they can find your books, if they want to buy your books.
1: Um, well, they can find me at DrillSergeantOfLife.com. That's my website. And sergeant is spelled S-E-R-G-E-A-N-T, um, DrillSergeantOfLife.com email me beatrice at drill sergeant of my books are on my website and uh, you can order there and i can autograph your, your copy for you and get it to you and uh, i'm also looking for speaking engagements if you need to you know somebody to meet speakers hey i'm bringing the drill sergeant of life back out there it's taken me five years now to get on back out there and here i am and if they want somebody that's dynamic and will move people to action uh, let me go ahead and warn you because see when i get on the stage and i say well praise the lord and god bless y'all today if i don't get the response that i i'd like to get like praise the lord and they just said that that well praise the lord i will drop down and do push-ups just to remind them that i'm a drill sergeant
0: yeah okay (laughs) i love it i love it yeah they you can shake them up and they got you know that's you get your message across and that's right sitting there
1: Oh yeah, that's great. They're not going to get the message. Yeah, exactly. You have to be very. Yep. I drop down and do push-ups, and when I get back up, and I say, "Now let's try that again." When I say, "Well, praise the Lord and God bless (laughs) y'all," praise the Lord.
0: (laughs) There you go. I love it. I love it. Well, if I ever need a speaker, you're invited. So absolutely. And who knows down the road? Like I have things in my mind. I'm trying to sell my house right now. Move to Florida. And then I'll have I'll only be working on the podcast right now. I'm still doing real estate. I'm trying to downsize, get rid of stuff, a lot going on. But once I get to Florida, I'm going to start working on projects like I might invite some of my guest speakers to come to a big gathering of boomers, 55 plus people and and give everybody a chance to talk. So, you know, I'll invite you to whatever I do down the road because there will be some get togethers and things down the road. They're absolutely awesome. And maybe even a cruise, invite people on a cruise, invite guest speakers to come along. So yeah, there'll be a lot of up that I'll be that's able to great. invite you to. So but it might take me another six to eight months, but it'll yeah. happen. Oh, that's yeah. it that's will. what I'm gonna do down the road. So Okay. Sounds good to me. Sounds yeah. good. Great. Well, thank you so much for being my guest. There was so much helpful information in this podcast, and I hope a lot of people start listening and thinking about what we were saying and start using some of the information because absolutely. it's valuable. It's very valuable.
1: Absolutely. Terry. So that thank you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Thank it's you. good meeting you. We're going to stay connected too. I can feel it coming on, girl. We're going to stay connected. Oh, we're definitely going to stay
0: connected. Absolutely. We're absolutely going to stay connected. So, yep, absolutely. So thank
1: you again. Thank you. God bless y'all. Thank you. We appreciate
0: you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old. This podcast is sponsored by Premier Podcast Productions. Looking to take your podcast to the next level with video? Are you looking to develop a podcast but don't know where to start? From recording and editing to final distribution and marketing, we can help every step of the way to make your podcast stand out and get the results it deserves. Contact us today at premierpodcastpros.com to take your podcast to the next level.